He's our Aussie correspondent based out of Sydney. His name is Chris Russell and we learn something every week when we chat to him. What I've learnt this week, Chris, is that we eat a credit card per week in microplastics from packaging. Shock, horror. How are you? Yeah, well, that's it. And how are you, Jamie? It's, it's uh, certainly, I mean, plastic was invented in the 1900s and synthetic plastic's really grown since then. Um, uh, I think we're now making about 400 million tonnes annually. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a huge amount that's going out. And it ends up that when you look at all the milk bottles, the grocery bags and all the other packaging plastic we see, we're eating around about a credit card full of microplastics every week. Now, what, you know, that means in a year you've got 52 credit cards inside you and it sticks there. A lot of it. So, um, so, and the interesting thing is, the very first pieces of plastic ever manufactured are still still on the planet somewhere. So, you know, as they say, you know, it takes forty thousand forty thousand years to make the oil, and it takes uh, uh, about a year to turn it into plastic and use it, and then forty thousand years to get rid of it afterwards. So, it's, this is a big marketing tool these days for cotton and wool, who are really pushing the point that people shouldn't be buying plastic clothes, as they put it, um, because you know we shouldn't be adding to this. By and yet that is their biggest competitor. Certainly, the cotton industry sees synthetic materials as their biggest competitor. So they're they're pushing that pretty hard, and I think they're getting a pretty good response to speaking people become aware of just how much microplastic there is floating around in our bodies, in the oceans and in the ground, Jamie. Well, it certainly paints a concerning uh, picture. 52 credit cards over a year in your guts, in your stomach, should I say. Hey, look, here's an interesting one. The GPS satellites <laughs> failed and it caused havoc with the cropping farmers in Australia as, as, as they're trying to get the winter crops into the ground because I guess everything's GPS related these days. In the old days, Chris, we would jump on a tractor and uh, drive round and round till we got to the middle. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. I'm certain many, as you would have done, hours doing that. But now they're saying, you know, one double-sown row can cost them quite a lot of money because of high fertiliser prices, high seed, hybrid seed prices and so on. So this has been a significant issue, not to mention any environmental effects of overspraying and so on on those big sprayers. Um, so they, uh, they had two days without a GPS tracking signal and you think, oh, we'll get over it. But in fact, that, that's very significant. This is a big time of the year. They're looking at good crops. They're looking at good prices. All of the big you know, contractors are out sowing madly everywhere they can while the moisture conditions in the soil are right. And suddenly they have a choice. Uh, they go back to manual sowing, which I think is what most of them tried to do, um, or, or they just pull up for two days, which, you know, at the rates these things sow at, that's a massive cost. Anyway, finally it's come back in. The Imarsat, who operate the satellite, they said they've been restoring services, switching them over to other satellites. But the fact we're just dependent on one satellite, the I4F1 satellite, you know, is extraordinary. And it won't be until next year, well, later this year and then next year, that they get a couple more satellites up in the sky that are able to actually take over in this um if this occurs again, the I-6F1 and F2 are both going up 
um, a little bit later this year and, and right up in 2027 there'll be a few more but I'm amazed that we're just relying on one satellite Jamie. Well you learn something every day on the slot Chris. Uh, we've already spoken to Lucy Grubb from Lincoln University on the show today about recruiting our youngest and brightest minds into agriculture. I know you're very passionate about it and have done a lot of work in that space as well. Schools in Australia are keen to grow the numbers of ag students but they can't find the teachers. Yeah, and this is a real problem. Now, we particularly at the city base, remembering Australia is the second most urbanised country in the world after Singapore, um, it's a particular problem with how do you make kids in the city get exposed to ag and then fall in love with it as they do. My old school is probably the most successful at that in Australia. Um, we went through a stage at one stage there where they nearly dropped ag off the syllabus because there weren't enough kids doing it and it was only some uh, very, uh, very uh, let me say, strong discussions uh, at council level that we actually kept it on. We've now got more kids studying ag at Barker College in Sydney than are studying it in the states of New South Wales, sorry, in Western Australia and South Australia put together. We have about 450 kids studying agriculture. But the problem is getting good teachers, all very well for a school like Barker, which is a private school, can afford to pay a bit more money and attract people there. But in fact, a lot of the high schools want us to have more kids being trained, but they just can't attract the teachers. We're just not getting enough graduates in teaching coming through. And when you consider there are between four and six jobs for every graduating ag student, the demand for kids wanting to study ag is growing exponentially. So in the next couple of weeks, I'll be presenting the Chris Russell Medal, which goes to the top graduating student in New South Wales each year out of a university, and I'll get to meet some of those wonderful bright minds that actually come forth each year. We really need to turn our attention to how do we instigate the seed in high school to get these kids who otherwise might never be exposed to agriculture to go and find that lifelong passion that we've all had, Jamie. Okay, Chris Russell, thanks as always for your time from Oz. I'm getting hungry now. I'm going to go and have lunch and eat one seventh of a credit card. It doesn't bear thinking about, does it? (laughs) See you later. See you later.